Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to Not So Secular, the place where we talk about how the world we live in is not as secular as we often think. We just choose to see it that way. My name is Mon Reyes, I am a youth missionary here in the Philippines, and I will be your host here today. On this episode of the podcast, I am joined by two people, two guests who are both very insightful and both are very fun to talk with. And I'm very excited for what you're about to learn and hear from them in this episode and this discussion. For today, we talked about a topic that we've been discussing for the past couple episodes, and that is worship. We're going to talk about a particular expression of worship, which is worship music. These two people know a lot about that. You'll learn more why when I introduce them. And before we get into the discussion, though, I'd like to let you know that I ran into some trouble when I was recording this episode with my software and the mic that I'm using. For some reason, it's resulting in some weird clipping sound. And so you'd hear that later on whenever I would talk during the discussion. If you could get beyond that, well, there really is so much packed into this episode. And I'm excited for you. And so without further ado, let's get this started. All right. So yeah, this afternoon, well, we're recording this on an afternoon. <laughs> this afternoon, I have with me two guests. Two guests who have a lot in common, but they're also very different people um, will be hearing from them today and the first guest that I have with me here on the podcast is he is a worship worship director for Light of Jesus family he is the head of feast worship he's a feast builder for uh, feast Bellevue PM he's been serving for um, quite a while now in different forms and different ways and different levels and that's just super cool super great and um i'm excited i'm excited to hear more from him today he's also a recent dad as in last year so to their baby boy kyler so that's really exciting too and so let's welcome here on the podcast brother mike Venus. hi Kai mike hello everybody thank you mon for your kind invitation to be part of this. Um, I am glad to have been chosen on board. Uh, I just want to honor you and kudos to this podcast. I'm sure it's blessing so many and it'll bless even more. I appreciate that. Thanks, Kaya Mike. And the other guest that I have with me who's joining us for this afternoon is a youth leader. He has been part of the feast of the community ever since he was born. So you don't really hear that a lot. <laughs> and, so, and so here I have with me someone that I'm really, I've been serving with for quite a while as well. And uh, he, I can say, and I'm really fortunate, I'm really blessed to have him with me on the same team. And so let's welcome here on the podcast, Ben Sanchez. Hi, Hi Ben. Hi, hi, Kuiman. Thanks for inviting me. It, I could say the same things about you. Uh, I'm really grateful to hang out with you guys. Yeah, it's good to be around you guys because you're. It's good to be around brilliant people because their brilliance rubs off on you, and that's always <laughs> how I feel when I'm with Mon and Bene. <laughs> <laughs> same with you, Kuiman. So we're we're in a treat, Valerita. No? <laughs> Thanks, Kuiman. 
And so, yeah, like, so, like we mentioned today, we will be talking about worship music. And both of you are part of Feast Worship. For, for those of you who may not know yet, Feast Worship is a Catholic um, worship band here in the Philippines. Um, the main worship movement leads the worship movement of the Feast of the Light of Jesus. And so, so yeah, before we get on right ahead with, with the rest of what we'll talk about for today, why don't you why don't you tell us more about yourself? Like, Kuya Mike, maybe you could go first and then Benny. And then what got you into this? What, what got you into the worship scene? <laughs> well, I've always loved music. But we'll clarify probably later that worship is not music and you can worship without music. But mm. prior to me coming to faith, I've always loved music. And I think that's what connected me most in terms of knowing Jesus, that there's actually such a thing as worship music. And when I heard it bef uh, b way before when I came into the youth ministry, it got me, got me hooked right away. I think that's my prayer language in a sense. Um, it really helped me grow in my faith. And so um, I've always had a heart for people to encounter the Lord through worship or through worship music. And that's how probably I got reeled in by the Spirit to, to be in this kind of ministry. Right, right. Yeah, you mentioned the, the thing about worship. About worship music is a part of it, but it's not just it. And yes, we'll, we'll continue to explore that later. And uh, that's really good. What about you, Ben? I had the opposite experience where, uh, because I grew up in community, I thought worship music was really lame, and I thought it was like a, uh, a how, how do you describe it? Like a, a cheap second-rate version of uh, what what you know real music, real music. should sound like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like adopting it for church and you know making the lyrics nice about Jesus or stuff. But <laughs> you know, I I so, in worship music didn't facilitate the encounter for me it was going it was uh, attending a youth camp uh, that coincidentally had a lot of moments where we would gather together and uh, worship God through through singing through through music and so uh, well because I was uh, because I during that youth camp I had a powerful experience of God's love compelled me to want to know him more and uh, from there, that's how I got into worship music, uh, because it was, I guess, something that was part of what what uh, what Jesus followers in a community do. And so uh, I, I just had to learn how to. Oh, and it's also because I, w I was always into music, but I didn't necessarily like worship music. It, it's just that I it was the other way around for me. <laughs> it's funny that Ben said that. Yeah, it it seemed like lame in the beginning. I guess for me, when I was hearing it, he said, I thought that this is cool and this should be heard by someone else. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I get his point. Yeah. Kind of reminds me as well of those times when you were talking about you know, worship music and real music, about those times when we would... Uh, when even we would have those secular songs that are re-edited, you know, the lyrics are changed <laughs> yeah. so that it would be yeah, Christian, yeah, you know, yeah. party rock Christian version, yeah, yeah, win yeah. Christian. Right. That was really cringy. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, you all got to start somewhere. Sige, why, why don't we get more into that? We, we've talked about worship music, right? About the gathering. You mentioned that as well, Benny. And here's the thing. For for those of you listeners who might not, might not be familiar with this, it, 
if you've ever been to a worship service, it's a gathering, right? It's a gathering where we sing songs. There's often a band in front playing. There is someone on stage called the worship leader who's leading the entire group, the entire congregation to sing. And then there's lyrics being posted on the, you know, Manila paper, kung old school, pero ngayon naka-projector na lahat, right? And um, that's kind of how it goes. And the people sing together and they raise their hands. And um, sometimes people cry. And it's kind of, you know, for right. an outsider, it's kind of weird. Why do... Why do people do that? Why does why do why does this these things happen? And so right. why don't we talk about that more? What are your insights on that? How would you what is the big deal with worship music? Right. Why do we do this? What's the point? Um it might seem like definitely when if you're coming out of the cold and you have no idea what this is, you come into a gathering like that. It's like big Christian karaoke, right? <laughs> the is posted and everybody yeah. sings along. But what I want to give insight to that is that worship is not necessarily just something that you switch on or you switch off when you enter a gathering right. like that. Right. Like worship mm. is already happening whether you know it or not in your life. And I guess one definition I remember um, before was this, that worship is our response to what we value the most. Yeah. So the thing of highest value in your life, all right, that, that thing of highest value, follow the trail of your time, talent, and treasure. Follow the trail of your affection, your devotion. And at the end of that trail is the thing of highest value in your life. And you'll find there a throne. And on that throne will be that person or that thing that you worship. So if you look at it that way, worship is not necessarily a Christian thing. Right. may not even be a spiritual thing. Yeah. It's more like a human thing. And if it's a human thing, it becomes a universal thing that we all do. We just are not aware of it. I guess we just are brought to greater awareness of that and the object of our worship through the Christian faith. But, but you'll look at it this way. The purest forms of worship, I'll tell you, Mon, Bennett, and I'm, I'm sure you, you might agree, um, the purest forms of worship are not found in, inside the walls of the church. The purest forms of worship you can find in the sports arena, well, pre-pandemic, where you have people mm. in a basketball game or in a football game or in a hockey game um, just really show their allegiance, show their devotion to their favorite team. I mean, if, if you've been to an Ateneo La Salle game, all right, um, it's right. wild. And that's if you think about it, really, what, what they're doing co collectively, that, that's worship. If you, if you go to a rock concert, as fans are connecting with the artist and expressing their appreciation, their admiration of that artist's craft, that's worship, really. So, um, it's a human thing. So, in that sense, um, we've all been doing it. We just are not aware of it, really. Mm -hmm. But it's not just a Christian thing. But as I said, it's a universal human thing. So we are all worshippers, yeah. worshipping something and someone always. <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny because I see that a lot now expressed in, in 
K-pop and K-drama, the entire Korean <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff, right. you know, Korean, uh, what do you call yeah. it, showbiz? <laughs> K-drama. And because uh, it's crazy, right? It's crazy the way people are invested in these things. And uh, well, my, right. my wife introduced me to watching uh, a K-drama and uh, it's very interesting because some people would go the extreme. Some people would even buy these collectibles and would even buy little figurines of their favorite K-pop. The artists. pets of the figurines. And yeah, isn't it crazy? <laughs> There's all these lights yeah. and you know, it's cool lang nalang magkaroon yeah. sila ng altar at their home. Right? And now you'll see, it's kind of like worship talaga. <laughs> some do, actually. Some do. They have like a shelf for all their merch. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah. like, what's the difference between that and an altar, right? Yeah, yeah. And then some would even have that booklet wherein they have the little cards. Right. Parang baseball cards yeah. and K-pop. People. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they have their Bible too, and so joke <laughs> lang. And so, see, what about you, Ben? What do you What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, I I love I love what you guys uh, brought up already. It, I I agree that worship is well. I it, it's a churchy word for sure. It's more associated with a religious activity, but in some sense, all humans uh, worship something. They give their allegiance. Or devotion to something, and if they say that they don't, they're what, what they mean by that is that they're giving allegiance and devotion to themselves or to the the fact that they are their own master, mm, that or kind of thing. Something that they don't know. Yeah, or something that they don't know. Which, yeah, um, yeah. So maybe maybe the I I can understand. I can sympathize with people who find the the idea of gathering in a room with a bunch of strangers and singing. Uh, these praise and worship songs as something kind of strange <laughs> because I, I can I can sympathize with that that it is quite strange seeing everybody emotional and and you know sort of uh, sort of in this vulnerable state right uh, but I guess I mean you you can say what you want about like whether or not you know does it have to be in this this form this style where you have a bunch of people and it's like right. like a rock concert but but uh, I I guess this this trend or this this direction where a lot of a lot of uh, Christian gatherings have sort of uh, adopted this practice of of, of singing together mm-hmm. um, is actually not something that we just came up with, right? It's actually mm-hmm. something that is very biblical and something that you see in uh, in the way that the earliest people who uh, were in relationship with God, you know, how they gathered sounds right nature mm. sounds sounds from nature all around them and directed them towards god right it's something that that's always been a way that uh a way that people who who followed jesus who, who had a relationship with god uh would do and i guess the the version that we see today which is more like a rock concert is sort of like uh, <laughs> adopting uh, what we can, cons- our culture considers, uh, you know, beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. things that we're trying to offer and express towards God, and and yeah, it just takes it takes a bit of a, I guess it is a bit of an adjustment for some people who who never uh, seen or been in something like this before to kind of get what's actually going on. Yeah, it's a particular expression. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very timely because uh, we've also been talking about this in the previous episode. So, sobrang sakto, galing, how things are lining up the, about the idea of worship, right? It's worthship. It's it's what you give your allegiance to, as you said, and and so that 
is the bigger idea of worship that we're talking about. But why don't we go specific into the expression, into worship music? Right. Why music? I mean, there's something about music. I think that that's universally accepted. There's something about music yeah. that grips you. There's something about music that is able to speak sometimes what words are not, mere right. words spoken are not able to convey. And so what happens when we do that? What? How would you... What are your thoughts on that? How would you describe it? How would you characterize it when we gather together? Ben has already um, said some stuff about it, about how it's an expression that's something that that came from even before pa. Right? But now, um, what happens mm -hmm. when we do that? Right. Um, I, think I love what Ben has said, that it's an expression and it's a biblical expression that somehow has um, evolved over time and that's what we have here today um, as i said earlier also um, that worship is not music and that we can worship god even without music but yeah. i think music is a powerful tool to engage people in the presence of god um, i think one well if it's okay to go into a, a biblical uh, example one one example of this is remember young david would play the harp for right. King Saul when he's like stressed out and freaking out with all that's happening. And young David would play the, or the, or the harp for King Saul to deliver him um, from, from that, that stress, um, that, that, that uh, worry. And it proved to be very useful or at least um, effective. So that's, I think, one power that we are able to use through music. Another, uh, another, um, I think ability of music, especially worship music, or music for all, uh, for all that matter, um, is that music breaks barriers. I mean, it right. goes beyond language, goes beyond culture. Um, you're, you imagine yourself, let's say, in, in a stadium, secular concert. Let's say it's Justin Bieber or, or BTS, whoever it is. Different people from different backgrounds might even be a different um, language um, verb, I mean, in their speaking language, but when the yeah. song or the music is played, everybody connects to it. So I think in a Christian sense, in worship services, we, we use music to lead people to worship in unity. And when there's that unity, mm -hmm. there's that, I think th that community is forged. Yeah. yeah. And it's something that somehow helps people to grow together in faith in that context. It's a glimpse of Eden. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's reflective of what the church is supposed to be about. I mean, we're supposed to bring different people from different backgrounds and we're united yeah. by one thing. And in our thing is Jesus, yeah. right? And our, it's not a thing, it's a person. Yeah. It's Jesus. And I think that conveys it really well. And there's something that's special that happens, I guess, when we're united. I remember Brother George, our previous worship director, will always quote, Psalm 133, verse 1 and 3, um, how, pleasant it, how good and pleasant it is for God's people to dwell in unity. Yeah. For there He bestows blessings and life forevermore. So yeah. when yeah. everybody's singing, and I guess from the music, let's go into the singing since it's pretty much part and parcel of, that, of the experience. Um, singing uh, is also a biblical expression of worship. I mean, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth. We, we, we see yeah. that all throughout the Psalms. Yeah. And so the content of what we're singing is pretty much words and lyrics. 
And to put it to, I guess, to the level of someone who's trying to understand this, it's pretty much just prayer. It is prayer. It is. Yeah. It gives language to our hearts. Um, it gives language to our hearts or into our mouths to be able to express what we want to say to God, what we want to communicate to God. And sometimes, I don't know if this has happened to you where you come in prayer and you really don't know what to say, but the worship song, mm. its lyrics exactly puts it as how you want to say and what you want to tell God, right? And then the music really just comes along to somehow put uh, to put you into that environment and help you also express not just your words but your emotions. So it, I guess it, it helps us express our faith and our feelings towards God. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I really think that singing is a spiritual act. It's something that all living beings are called to do, right? Uh, because, you know, the thing about like in the biblical worldview, there's no difference between a human and an animal. They're both made from the dust. They're, they're dirt bags or meat sacks, <laughs> as how I like to call them. But the, the, the thing that God does, the, what, what makes them, them special is God fills them with his divine breath, uh, well, both the animal and the human, mm. right? So the, the, the way that the biblical authors um, thought about life and our ability to just you know inhale and exhale, right? Uh, which is, you know, breath. We, we need breath to live, right? And we don't just use it when we're breathing. We're using it when we're speaking and when we're singing. It's almost as if we're returning the breath that, that we're given, right? And uh, it reflects, uh, you know, humans have a way of singing that animals can't. Hmm. Do you get what I mean? I mean, they're, they're animals that can kind of sing, but not in the way that humans can. And, and so... You see how, uh, like what, what Queen Michael already mentioned, you see the Psalms, which is an entire book that's dedicated uh, to singing praises to the Lord um, and sort of shaping sound and directing it towards God. Uh, the book of Psalms is really this reflection on the theology of breath that somehow, somehow in the mystery of how and 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 this this crazy claim that the Bible makes that the humans are made in the image of God, aside from, you know, having the divine breath, what sets them apart from the animals is that they're made in the image of God. Just like how God speaks and life is brought forth in some mysterious way, humans can speak mm. or sing, right, and shape reality through their mouth because they're filled with the divine breath. It, it's it's uh I, I know this is kind of like a tangent, but like that that's the the Christian picture of marriage, isn't it? How you become two, become one because of something that you say to one another. It completely transforms you two into something new. Um and I I, I think that that's what's happening when we worship, when we sing while we worship. We're 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 right. shaping reality. As we as we sing and we release the breath that God has given us to him, back to Him, right? And words have always have always had power, sure. right? It has power to build up or words yeah, to destroy. Sure. So, I guess we we use words and we declare these truths right. to declare it not just to our situation but even to ourselves to remind us yeah, that God right. is good, God is gracious, because we often forget. <laughs> Yes, that's right. 
and and that God is listening, that He hears our, our it's trusting that God hears our prayers and He hears our songs, that that uh, we're not just singing to a wall, that that He's a He's a being that's able to relate to music. I mean, uh, if God is a being that can relate to music, then He's God suddenly just becomes so someone who is so much more relatable and not just a concept, because you know, mm. we, like what you guys said, uh, what you said, Kui Mike, that. That music has this power to break barriers uh, between people who don't know each other, right? And so, if God is being portrayed as this person who's listening to the voices of His people, right? He suddenly becomes so much more relatable and so much more approachable. Mm. Yeah, it is a form of prayer. So, that's great. That's great. These are really good things, and. Um, I agree. Words, music, these are able to express a lot powerful things into our lives, into our situations. Helps us connect with each other. Helps us connect with God. And so with with worship music, how is how is worship music different from any other hmm. form of music? Is it even different from other forms of music? Because there are other music that you could you know dedicate to God, right? Um, Sometimes we use that for reflection, right? We have some music, and yeah, we think of God as the other person, and yeah, oftentimes it's a love song. Yeah. There's even that game right. in, in YouTube, the band of Adam. Is it a worship song or is it a love song? <laughs> it's funny because it sounds alike sometimes. But uh, yeah, okay, Mike, why don't you share with us your thoughts? No, I've heard, I don't remember who the speaker was, but I heard him say, "There's no such thing as Christian music. There's only Christian lyrics." So. If we're talking about music, I think it's always uh, music is neutral, and so it's the lyrics that gives object to to the worship. That's that's pretty much I think how I would distinguish. Yeah, because worship music it could also have different genres. You don't can't really categorize them right. in the same way. You can't really categorize them in the same way that you would categorize, you know, pop or rap right. or, you know, um, rock music. Because within, because it's just different, right? Christian music could have these different genres as right. well. Um, and so what sets it apart, yes, like you right. mentioned, is the lyrics, is the lyrics of the music. So what about the lyrics of the music? What does the, the lyrics have to have right. for it to be considered worship music, Christian music? Well, first, I think it definitely has to declare a truth that is um, what, what many followers of Christ would believe, a Bible-based truth about who God is, or at least it expresses the heart of the journey of the worshiper, the journey of the follower of Christ. So I guess there lies a difference. If it's a worship song, it, you're trying to show or give people a glimpse of a facet of God, His faithfulness, mm, right. His goodness, His love. If it's a Christian contemporary, contemporary Christian song, it's, it's more directed to people and you're trying to somehow give expression to um, how it is to follow God and how it is to follow Jesus. So, yeah. Queen Mike, are you referring to how in the world of worship music, there are some songs that uh, actually have a purpose towards being used in a like a group setting, where uh, like like in a church service, 
Uh, and then there are other worship songs that are more like a mm -hmm. personal reflection or is that what you're talking about? Primo? Personal. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. I was just probably giving distinguish, distinguishing between worship music and contemporary Christian music right. where mm. all of that may be expressed there also. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Because this is something, this is, this is something we talk about, right? When we're writing songs for feast worship, like we, we, we consider the lyrics, like, should we be using I like the I self pronoun here, or right, should we right. be using the we pronoun? Like, because I, I remember uh, we, we have a song in Peace Worship called We Will Sing. It's not I Will Sing. And there's a reason for that. Uh, right. Do you want to talk about that, Queen Mike? Um, well, I, as I remember, it was based out of Psalm 96, if, not, if I'm not mistaken. And from that psalm, it, it, the, the tense that was used was really. We, sorry, not tense. The the person that was used was yeah. really a we. So we yeah. wanted to be faithful to the text. And I always get that question. Do we say I or we, even in worship leading? Right, right. Um, and I think it, I don't know. I, I still don't have like a definitive answer. Right, to right, right, add right. To that. Ben, right. Go ahead. No, I, I, was just, uh, I was just thinking about this because uh, Quimon was asking, why, why, why are both of your names starting with letter M? Anyway, um, <laughs> besides the point, Queen Man was asking, like, what makes the lyrics different? I think the main difference in worship music is that while you do have songs where you talk about yourself and your relationship with God, right? And those are definitely wonderful worship songs, too. There are also a good number of worship songs that are marked by, uh, like, plural tense. You're talking about a group, a community, right? Or you talk about yourself in the context of the community. Like I, I'm thinking of the song Build My Life, right? I will build mm. my life uh, upon your word uh, to, and then I will give your love to those around me. I'm probably botching the lyrics, but but it's it's it has to do with the song of the community, right? It's a song of the, the, the group of Jesus followers and, and uh it, it becomes their reality, right? It's not right. just a song that's introspective or emotional. It actually means something in the context of this community. That's right. And I think just to, if, if, we're, if someone's listening uh, to this podcast and just to have a clear, simple distinction, I guess, is that worship music's lyrics, as I said, is more like a prayer directed towards God. Yeah, it's pretty mm -hmm. much it. And then, um, then as Benny was saying, you have also Christian songs that um, are directed to fellow followers of Christ. So you you share pretty much, I guess, your your own journey. And it, as I see, as he said, it it speaks to the community than it is to God. So I guess you have a good mix of that um, in the Christian music industry. I guess. Yeah. I, what I was saying was that the the there are worship songs that uh, are really meant to be sung as a group, not yeah, yeah. by yourself or, right, or right. just to, to listen to, mm -hmm. right? It's actually a thing that you participate in. I think that's what differentiates a lot of worship music from uh, like quote unquote, quote unquote, secular music. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important purpose. Yeah. What is it for? Yeah. What does it say? And because uh, there are also Christian music, Christian songs that are for listening, that are for reflection, that right, are for right, but right. You, we won't exactly sing it in a congregation or in a yeah. in a big group. You could I think, for a special moment. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a dedicated, uh, it's yeah. not something that's gonna be part of the regular, the regular lineup. For example, I think you could say the same for like liturgical music. Is there a distinction there right. also, like with liturgical music and other yeah. forms of like worship music or contemporary Christian music? What do you think about that? I guess in terms of heart and purpose, it's the same. It's to engage that's people in the presence of God. Yeah. It's to bring people into seeing who God is and what He has done, and the response to that is worship, is admiration, is adoration. But the expression um, would be different. So uh, I think when it comes to worship music and using that for a worship service, the goal is for people to respond, to, 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 to engage and to sing along and, and to really have a moment with God. For liturgical songs, I think, um, well, the, most of the time you use that in Mass. And I think as mm. people sing along, it's more, um, in some sense, a reflective mm. uh, endeavor. It's yeah. more a reflective uh, connection, more contemplative in a sense, um, when, when you mm. hear such music. And then for, for, for liturgy, there are certain parameters. Yeah, that's um, right. We were trying to come up with a liturgical album pre-pandemic. And Every we had year, to we tried to come up with a liturgical album. We're getting that there. That doesn't get published. <laughs> We're getting there. And there are certain parameters that you have to follow. There are certain rubrics. Yeah. Um, I remember, like, for example, uh, if you're getting the glory to God, it has to have certain lyrics that really come out. Um, it can't just be any other mm. lyric. Because it's so. part of the mass. Eh? It's part of what's happening. Eh? Maybe one angle that you could look at it, I mean, in terms of liturgical music, is it also has a particular clear purpose. If worship music, as in like the stuff that you sing in a worship service or a worship concert, is uh, for this whole group of people to sing together towards God, uh, liturgical music is supposed to, it, uh, yeah, it's true, it's reflective in, in some ways, especially the way that it's stylistically arranged, but there's also a participatory element to it, right? It allows you mm. to participate in the mass so that you're not just a bystander. And it brings, yeah. it brings right. like a extra dimension to the what's actually going on in the mass. And so the lyrics, like you were saying, where you have to ha be very specific with certain lines um, is because mm. that that's because it's highlighting or kind of... Um, geared towards the purpose of what exactly is going on in the moment. Like, for example, That's in right. the Gloria yeah. or in the Amen or in the so on and so forth. Yeah. That's right. Right. Galing, these are very rich. <laughs> and so what about what about what comes into... Because feast worship is, is very interesting because feast worship is in a spot where it's kind of similar to a lot of the other... Christian movements that mm. tries to accomplish the same things, but most of the other Christian movements that tries to do that are not Catholic. Most of right. it are Protestants. Most of it are so it's it's very interesting, right? Um, what about I want I wanted to ask about how do you come up with the songs? So by now we've we've seen if if you're part of the feast, um, you'll know that every Easter there couple of songs, bunch of songs that comes out every feast conference, which happens in November. There are a number of songs that will come out. So how do you how do you do that? How does the songwriting process go? You mentioned Kanina Hoya Mike that you 
Kanina, when you were when you were discussing, you also mentioned that you wanted to be faithful to the text. So it seems like scripture is a huge part of it, yeah. right? It's a huge part of how to write these songs. So how how does that happen? Could you give us a, a bit of a glimpse into the right. process that takes place there? So definitely, the reason why we want to come out with original songs is um, we want to be able to serve the local feasts, the local gatherings, to somehow give expression to their spirituality, to the unique spirituality of the feast, which is hope-giving and, and um, very much uh, missional in terms of its discipleship. The uniqueness, of, I guess, of the spirituality of the feast. That's what we want to give lyrics to, right. words to, for people to sing and, have faith, and grow their faith in. And so we want to encourage, really, or we do encourage, actually, a lot of our different feasters and different servants in the worship team to write songs because we want it uh, to be written by feasters for feasters. No one else will get the the spirituality and the unique sound and expression of that but a feaster. So um, we encourage, I, I'd come out with a letter probably I think a year before, six months before, uh, I mean just encouraging people to, to write and if they have original songs to bring it in and then we'll have um, a, de- a deliberation team just to sift through which songs um, really have potential and have um, anointing to be used in a corporate setting, to be used in a worship service. And then from that, um, we bring in that songwriter along with the team with Ben and some of the other guys to somehow workshop the song to make sure it's singable in terms of melody. It, as you said, it, it, it's aligned with biblical truth and there's journey to the song and all of those things. And then um, from there, once we see that the song, okay, um, this is how it's going to sound like, this is how the chorus will be sung, the bridge, and all the different parts. Once that is good, we, we come into recording it and then release it um, when it's ready. Maybe Benny could, could add more into like the process. And, uh... Yeah, no, that's basically it. <laughs> uh, it's just that like like it sounds very straightforward, but it's not. It goes through a lot of revisions. Yeah. And, and uh, it, it's kind of, uh, it's fun. It's a fun, uh, it, takes, it takes a while for the songs to get fleshed out, right? Because there's a lot of things to consider. Right, right, right. So, some of the stuff that I heard from that was uh, the things that you consider is it has to be scripture based. That's one. It has to communicate or to reflect uh, where the community is, right? When it comes to what the right. whole, what the community wants to wants to say and where the people are at the moment. Um, has to be singable. <laughs> I think I heard that. Is, is that what you said? Right. Singable or right, right. Are there other things that that needs to be considered? I think those are at least the the major things. Um, yeah. And and I just I just want to touch on what you mentioned earlier. Now you you find us in a unique space where much of the songs sound like what other our other Christian brothers produce, brothers and sisters produce, and then the, we're in this um, Catholic community. Well, ultimately, we want the songs primarily to reach people who are in the feast. And then eventually, the next to that is people who are in the different parishes, in the different Catholic communities and contexts. And then, if, if permitted by the Spirit, to even minister to also um, non-Catholics and even our other Christian brothers in different denominations. So we write um, purposely for the feast, but if let's say the spirit would like to use it to connect to other followers of Jesus in different um, areas and contexts of the kingdom, then 
that, mm. that that's great um and that's awesome <laughs> yeah it's, it's part of the beauty of where we are right now you can say like a post in YouTube, for example, of the music video or the lyric video of one of the songs, or you know, if you find it on Spotify, someone shares it on their Instagram story. Like it really reaches far. It really, it really gets far. I mean, you don't, we don't really know how many people these songs are reaching, and I think that's a really, that's a really good thing. Is there a, is there a song or one of the songs of Feast Worship that has maybe? Um, a background or a story that you think is interesting or you think is worth sharing? I should call my wife for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the songwriters really do have a, like a backstory to that. Um, what's one good example? What's one good example, Benny? Uh, maybe, I don't know. I, I personally think Your Will Be Done is one of my favorite Feast Worship songs. Um, I think the story behind that was we were in the Holy Land trip with you, Bennett, and your dad. We were right. In, I was in there. The, <laughs> we were in the Mount of Olives, um, where uh, that scripture happened, where Jesus said, um, yeah. that "Your will be done." The God the Father was already um, leading him towards nearing the crucifixion and then he wanted out because of the pain the suffering that might um uh he, that he will go through so let this cup pass away from me but not my will but your will be done so we were there and it was i think father mike laguardia was having mass and then i think it's from that from his homily that my wife got the inspiration to to, to write a song like right. your will be done and i think yeah. it's a beautiful um balance to what we sing in the feast because ultimately sometimes we we, we sing of um, claiming blessing claiming victory um, declaring um, God's favor over our lives and that we have our dreams that we want God to fulfill but as we grow in faith it should come to a point where even if those dreams don't come to pass in the way that we want it that ultimately God's will be done because he always knows what's best so I guess that's the heart from which the song was written. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I could be very reflective of where a lot of people are right now. <laughs> True. Yeah, I think it's it's yeah, I just think it's it's interesting how we actually have a lot of songs that are about surrender and breaking and uh trusting in God, right? Uh, it's a, it's it's a common theme and I think I think it 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 works like what you were saying in, in the context of the feast where we often talk about because the feast is a community that 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 has its arms open for the unchurched yeah. and we often talk about hope and we talk about uh, God's love and his mercy and and the I think in some way uh, subconsciously or not or consciously feast worship is sort of doing the thing that uh worship music did for you Kuya Mike, where uh it was it was your form of spiritual prayer right it was your form of growing in your relationship with god at least one way right and so for yeah. i guess for the the thousands if not uh hundreds of thousands of uh feasters who uh, go to the feast they're blessed by it and then they're invited to sing these songs 
where ultimately, you know, putting your trust in God and ultimately surrendering these hopes and dreams to him um, is it, it, it perfectly complements the it's like what you were saying. The, the reason why we exist, peace worship exists, is because we're we are the the sound and the 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 worship movement of of the feast of these people yeah. who go 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 to the feast right and i you know even if i didn't like worship music at the start it i i relate to that uh that uh when i started serving and i started falling more in love with jesus i i wasn't ready to dive into scripture or or get into church history or to go on some sort of spiritual journey uh, studying, you know, uh, the Desert Fathers or something. But uh, worship music became my way of learning about the character of God. Right. And, and I, at least at the start. And so um, in some way, it's actually a really cool privilege and honor that we get to um, contribute to the, those first steps, right, for uh, our feasters. That's true. Um, there are people, a lot of people who may not know scripture, but if they listen and sing to a song that's based on scripture, then they somehow get to know who God is. That's right. Scripture, right. Mm. So yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. It becomes like a, an avenue for which people get to know the char- character and the heart of God. Yeah. And then when they read scripture, it kind of confirms for them. The, their experience with who God is, and then there's suddenly this connect, and it invites them into something deeper. That's right. why I, I I honor you, Queen Mike, for making sure that that when we write songs for the feast, it's not just whatever we feel like writing. It's it's really something inspired by the Holy Spirit and Scripture. Thank you, Ben. In fact, um, I'm I'm grateful that you're on board um, with that as well, because you're definitely one of the guys who we check with in terms of the. <laughs> scriptural truth being presented in the song to make sure that's theologically sound <laughs> and you've done a lot of like corrections for us and we're grateful for that so thank you <laughs> right galing yeah I, the feast is really blessed you know with, with the feast worship team i think it's really it's really good uh, that this is happening and we're getting to reach people I agree with the things that you you guys are saying about how it has worship music also has a teaching element to it. Um, yeah, it's interesting because it's it's kind of like that for you know the Catholic Church because for most of our history right. people didn't really know how to read like people weren't literate they weren't taught they didn't have their personal Bibles and uh, you can't just buy it from a bookstore it's not the same as today but the way people no. were taught like in the earlier years was through art and music. Um, that's the why, Psalms. you know, older churches tend to have a lot of, you know, um, paintings and right. statues and yes, the music, the Psalms and uh, yeah, it's really, it's a huge part of it. And I think that's something that continues to happen today. And there's something about it. Now, when you recognize, when you're reading your, your Bible and then you recognize a line that you've been singing yeah. for a yeah. while and then, parang, oh, I know this, I know this. And then you kind of get, it kind of excites you, gives you a better grasp of it. Right. And I think, right. I think it's a very, it's a very rich experience, it's a very good experience for people to That's have right. as well. Yeah. And that was, and that it's was... reinforced, I guess, as you sing it. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Ben. No, 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 go ahead. 
Now I was saying that as you sing it, that biblical truth is reinforced right. every time, and you're reminded of it, and it somehow is forged or tattooed in your in your mind, in your heart, and it, it becomes mm. part of how you live. Yeah, because it's easy. To, it's easy to forget these things, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go Ben. Yeah, I think that was the, I think that was Jesus' experience too, right? Being a Jew, because uh, a, a huge part of of the life of being a Jew is is singing, singing the Torah, right? Uh, you do it every week uh, when you go to the synagogue, right? You're going to sing the Psalms. Uh, when you go to the, the festivals where you have to travel to Jerusalem, you have all these particular Psalms that you sing on the way, right? The, the Songs of Ascent, right? There, there's, a, hmm. there's a whole tradition to learning about God through music. So, so yeah, it's quite interesting. Mm. I, I, you know, if we're just talking about the impact of worship music, uh, I, I've found that a lot of people have heard the song Oceans by Hillsong, even if they, they like are super like disconnected and far away from, from, from God, like they don't want to have anything to do with Christianity. For some reason, Oceans has become so popular, not just in like Christian radio, but even yeah. on secular charts that you can find people... Uh, watching like a snippet of it on TikTok or on Twitter or on Instagram, and people having some sort of emotional reaction to it, right? Uh, it, it's quite interesting, and that's amazing, actually. Well, I I think it's achieving the purpose of why it was written, and I think um, it's amazing to see people somehow engage with the song in a sense where probably they feel the spirit of God. They just don't know. It's God at that moment. So, yeah, I mean, it's amazing how the Lord can um, entrust His songs to His people to be written out right. and then be brought to to places where you didn't even consider it would right. get to. Right, right. And I guess that's the, that's the power of that. I like what you said, how God entrusts this to His people, right? Uh, mm. I was watching a video that showed up in my YouTube recommended where uh, there's this guy, he's an atheist. Uh, he makes videos about atheism. And he, so he made this video on our worship services in church manipulative. That was his video. And he's, he's an ex-evangelical. And so he's, he knows the whole, like, he knows the motions and he breaks everything yeah. down. And, uh, and it's actually quite, he, he's, he's a very eloquent and, and very respectful dude. Um, and towards the end, his final point, Right. Because he basically he says that everything that they do in a worship service uh, and worship music, like the way it's written, is meant to evoke an emotional reaction for you. That's why they dim the lights. That's why there's the smoke. That's why, you know, they're playing those chord progressions and th those pads and 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 like all these things are psychological techniques. It's how he was putting it. And he wasn't wrong. OK, uh, I was smiling the whole time because. When he said the final line, right, he said, so who is really creating the spiritual experience? Is it really God or is it the people? That, that was right. his last line. And that's like supposed to be like his <laughs> mic drop, right? And I was, I was smiling because I, I agree with him. It, yeah. Yes, the people are creating this experience. Exactly. Because that is how we believe. That's how we believe uh, God works. God works through people mm. and we experience God through people. That's the mystery of the faith, right? right. And the, I mean, mm. 
going back to the beginning of our conversation, that's the reason why we have worship music. Uh, music that is dedicated for the purpose of gathering people and singing together mm. so that we can uh, be encouraged by one another and that we can uh, remember, remember the story of and the story and the character of who this God we worship is and what he is like. We encounter it and we experience it through people. And uh, it's not to say that spiritual experiences are are manufactured and you know there's a certain template that you have to follow because if you are like a worship leader of, of any or if you've been involved in worship uh ministry uh for any amount of time you would know that you you cannot manufacture uh, uh you can manufacture an emotional experience sometimes uh yeah, but yeah. like like there you know you know when when uh yeah. when there's actually something happening in the room that is beyond your control yeah, because right? most of it isn't actually. If you really think about it, you can set everything up and and make the thing the conditions ideal, which is what he's talking about. And I think any good worship leader and any good worship team should do, mm. right? Uh, because that is how we're responding as a community. We're preparing for the presence of God to come in. Uh, but but yeah, is is it God or is it just uh, the the music making us feel things? Well, yes. The answer is yes, because we believe that God is in and his presence enters as the music is um, as the music is welcoming him as right. he enters through our praises. It's actually being facilitated through humans. And, uh, you know, God bless that that dude. He's he, he's very, very smart guy. Uh, but it, it's it's clear that because of his his worldview that that's completely different where there's no room for anything, you know, spiritual and, uh, uh, and that that's, that's his worldview. And so he doesn't see the, the difference between, uh, or for him, at least that there's no room for, for the physical and the spiritual to overlap, right. For the human and the divine to mm. overlap. Uh, he doesn't see it that way. He he thinks that it's uh, some form of psychological man- manipulation, but but actually it, it is it is an invitation into the mystery, right? The mystery of the image of God, right? Right, mm. right. So good, Benny. I think that, that that that's brilliant. You shared that. In fact, I agree with you. Yeah, that we try to we try to create an atmosphere through the music, through the lights, through the sounds. Ultimately, for the purpose of helping people engage with God. So yes, you can say to a certain level, it is created by man. But the encounter of one with God cannot be manufactured in any way. Mm. And how one responds to that encounter and how one um, engages in that moment, that will be different for every person. Because if you just say that, okay, it's created to make them feel this way, then then everybody should be feeling that way, right? Yeah. But sometimes you play a fast song and you can see someone in tears. Why? Because that person may be connecting to God in a different way than this person jumping up and down, clapping their hands, declaring God's victory. That person might be going through something and the encounter is different and that can never be manufactured. And that's really just the move in the Spirit of God. So... Good insight. Yeah, and and the idea that well, well, I I guess to a skeptic, right? Or maybe somebody listening to the podcast here is a skeptic, that that whatever encounter or experience, right, uh, is simply just some sort of psychological uh, reaction 
you know, a bunch of chemicals in our brain uh, <laughs> that, you know, exploding and doing stuff, you know, causing our tear ducts to open up. I mean, yeah, sure. I, I mean, there's room for that. Like, uh, but the, 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 the crazy invitation that the biblical worldview invites us to think about is what if there's more uh, to all of this than just simply a, you know, a physical reality of, of atoms and, and matter? Uh, what if there's, I, I mean, science tells us, right, that, that there are at least 11 dimensions, right, um, based on our, on our, uh, what do you call this, our, our schematic of how the, the, phys, of the physical universe, right, it, math tells us that there has to be at least 11 dimensions that, that we are currently moving in and through without even knowing, right, and so, I mean, Sure, it could be it could be a reaction of chemicals in our brain, but that doesn't mean that that just because it's chemical doesn't mean that it's spiritual. Do, right. you, do, do you get what I mean? Yeah that, yeah, that 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 there's something happening that we cannot perceive, and I mean that that's what faith is about, right? You're trusting yeah. that there's something happening, and um and and maybe through that that thing that we can't see we're actually experiencing this psychological and emotional reaction and there's nothing wrong with that it doesn't make it invalid or mm. untrue we're not saying that 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 it's uh, part of it yeah it's actually part of it because the god of the bible is a god who's not removed from this physical universe but enters in and participates and i mean jesus cried <laughs> jesus experienced emotions and uh and he it was it was one of the human attributes that that he shared in with us and so uh, i think the emotional aspect of worship music is actually i mean if you're so, yeah yeah it's part of it and 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 if you're somebody who might feel uh not so compelled or or skeptical about about this part of the christian uh practice um it would be uh it would be an interesting thing for for you to think about, like uh, why you feel that way, mm. um, and 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 maybe to consider that the worldview that the Bible invites us to, uh, that the Christian faith invites us to, uh, to espouse is a one where the human and the divine, the physical and the spirit will actually overlap, right? Which is which is I think what happens when we when we worship through music. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I think just to add to that, Bennett, that's just beautiful. I think that's a good way to putting it to probably non-Christians or probably, again, as those who are skeptics. But to just also say the same message you're saying to fellow Christians, to fellow Catholics, some within the faith may not also appreciate worship oh, yeah. music. Right. Right. And right. that's why I say, ultimately, it's, it's your prayer language. Some people connect to God better yeah. with praying the rosary. And that, that's an encounter in itself. That, that's good. Some people encounter God with, with reading scripture. Yeah. So praise God for that. I mean, it's good. Some people encounter it through facing the Blessed Sacrament and just being so quiet all the way through. And that's an encounter already. Some people, they find worship music is an expression wherein they really connect and encounter God. So I guess you have to find where it is that you really um, have a moment with God. Some people would would uh, have to stay still and kneel and close their eyes. Some people will have to take a walk outside and that's when 
the Lord begins to speak to them. So I have an encounter with God when I have a delicious bowl of ramen. So, <laughs> Hallelujah. It's very beautiful that we have these different ways to encounter God, right? Because that means that there's more opportunity for people to come in. There's more opportunity for people who are already in to experience God in all of these different in all of these different ways. That I think that also reflects you know, the richness of the Catholic faith because Catholic faith the Catholic church is super diverse it's super and you'll find all yeah. sorts of different people from people who are clothed as in fully from head to toe and yeah and we have yeah. people who are cloistered yeah people who are more out there we have people who are sent into mission you have people who are more traditional conservative you also have yeah. people who are more um non-traditional and i think the feast kind of falls into that <laughs> and uh, it's very it's very beautiful yeah yeah, beautiful is the body of Christ. I heard it one time in a mm. song because of that diversity. Diversity in terms of expression. Again, united in terms of its heart. Yeah, purpose, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. For sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Different, different facets of the diamond. Mm, yeah. It's like a diamond. And then when you turn it around, you see different facets of it. Each one shimmering in its own colors. It's like an onion. Shrek reference. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> right. So, Sigur, as we as we come to a close, maybe we could end it by uh, looking a bit into where we are now and where where we could be in the future. Because right now, um, maybe you're, if you're listening this from the future, um, we're in the middle of COVID right now. We still can't go out. Remember those times when we, st- we still had to wear masks and you know and. Uh, Movement was very limited. We're still living in Please that. tell us what it's and, like. Uh, yeah, I wonder what it's like in 2035. <laughs> no, it's not going to And right now, it's kind of difficult. I mean, we don't get to gather in the same way anymore. We don't, we've adapted. And I thank God for technology that we were able to adapt in these ways that we've turned a lot of what we do digital into the internet. We've um, recorded our, our preaching and our uh, we stream it as well as our worship service the, the music and everything and hopefully i mean we're, we're in the hope we're, we're in that and we're in the expectation this is not this is not going to be forever but for sure when this does end things are going to be different so how do you how do you maybe see this uh going forward this this the idea of the gathering, of singing together, it's been modified right now. But uh, yeah, what are you looking forward to? How do you see it happening? Or maybe what are you hopeful for? I'm still thinking, so Benny can come first. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that that is a tough question. Uh, but what comes to mind is, this is actually something that a lot of other countries are already dealing with. I mean, here in the Philippines, uh, in our context, it's it's very difficult. Like the the situation is more dire, I guess, because uh, of our lack of resources and uh, implementation of you know like like a plan to overcome this 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 uh, this pandemic. But in other countries, they've uh, who have sort of dealt with COVID better. Um, or have at least made more progress than the Philippines, right? They have been struggling with this and they've been trying to figure out how to return to the gathering because there are some 
people who don't want you now that uh, they've realized that you can actually just watch the watch the gathering just like mm. how you watch Netflix, right? Anytime, anywhere, on. you know. Um, you don't have to dress up. You don't have to ride the car. Go go to. You don't have to go through traffic. Go through parking. Right. You don't have to deal with other people basically because you got to watch it um, for yourself. I, that that is the biggest con I think with the online worship context where um, it's very limited. And this, I'm not saying that that it's not authentic, right? But it the the con is it's easy for us to make the worship to lose the communal aspect of the worship gathering and yeah. so i so i think i think the the point right like the ideal right to come back to some form maybe not come back but to but to move towards a a venue or some, of a way of gathering in the future uh where we get to be together again right where we get to gather um I'm sure that that the, there was a lot of wisdom and blessing and teaching that we all received, right? Mm. Um, Maybe even stuff that we had to learn we could not, through this, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that that we could not have learned if it wasn't through the, this pandemic, right? Uh, we we had to become more detached from the way we were doing things and really come back to the heart of why why we worship. But you know. Uh, I think, I think uh, ultimately, uh, we the goal is to come back into some form of communal worship. It doesn't have to be uh, in a big venue with with like uh, you know with lights and smoke. But I, I really do think that if if moving forward we could gather um, even in small groups like like in a house uh, with with maybe ten or fifteen people or less or or more. Um, uh just just to, to be able to worship with one another right um i i really think going back to what queen mike was saying that the the point of all of this is unity right uh when we experience unity it becomes a glimpse of eden it becomes a glimpse of heaven uh, heaven of new creation where all of this is actually leading to I love what you said, Guimont, that, that the pandemic is not the end, right? We're, we're looking towards the, the, the future, which is new creation, new Jerusalem, mm. where, where God, humans, animals, all creation are one. And so when we sing in unity, we're actually making ourselves whole. Right. One song at a time. Um, and, and so um, I, I really hope that, that, that uh, by God's grace, uh, the, you know, the people who are in government and authority the people who are working and researching uh for for uh solutions for this pandemic will be able to make breakthroughs that will allow us to gather again but in the meantime you know we we continue to do what we do and we continue to worship god uh whether we're in our room or in uh you know wherever we are in a zoom call Mm. right awesome benny i I love that uh, you touched on the community aspect, the community side of the gathering. And that's really something that we definitely miss. I mean, um, that's something that we really want to get back to. And I understand that many people may or may not be so comfortable in doing this online, um, worshipping with a screen in front of them. 
And I get it, and I understand how people may have been disconnected in this season of the pandemic. But to that, I just want to say, um, if to to someone probably who who find who finds it hard to to connect to God, to engage in His presence in this season, I mean, and are just waiting for that time to for us to gather again. Um, I just want to tell that person, uh, yes, we pray and hope that we get back in that time, what that one day where we get to gather and worship together. But in the meantime, that we're not, I hope you're finding a way yeah. in your own way to express your heart and your need for God and to somehow build up and grow up, grow your faith. Um, recently, and if I can just give a quick sharing, um, with my kid coming, uh, definitely we're blessed and happy with Kyler, but uh, being a new <laughs> father and with the new kid, definitely right. expenses have shot up for us. And so with higher expenses and with our income somehow being hit by the pandemic, um, it has been somehow challenging the last few months for my wife and I. And somehow, to be honest to say that, we also somehow felt a bit depressed, a bit anxious and worried I mean, about our situation. And I found myself a couple of weeks ago, like I just needed to be in the presence of God. And again, my prayer language really what connects me to God the most is, is worship. So I, I, I just really had to find a way where I could somehow have a semblance of what we used to have. So para paraan lang. Um, and that's what I want to say. If, if you really are in need of God, you just got to find a way. So what I did was I popped in my, my earphones. I played a worship set on YouTube. And I just... Um, I mean, I didn't mind anymore how weird I'd probably look uh, at home. <laughs> and I just faced a wall or a crucifix or I don't remember where. But I just like sang and lifted my hands as if we were doing it pre-pandemic in, in life. And I just really felt really just the presence of God there. In fact, at a certain point of that set, the, the worship leader began to sing, How Great Is Our God. So it's like a medley wherein people pulled out an old song <laughs> and that somehow ministered to me because the Lord somehow spoke to my heart and said you know Mike you've been singing this song for such a long time now and but maybe you've forgotten how great I am how great I've been and how great I've all I'm how I've how great I've, I will always be yeah and that really just just really hit me hard and I just began to cry and really out of that whole moment I just I was just so refreshed. I felt so much peace and, and I knew that the Lord was with me in this season. So to whoever is listening to this and yeah, you you miss that once upon a time we get to do this and now we can't. Um, just find a way. Just find a way that will suit you, that will help you really um, be in the presence of God. Because really, think about it this way. You might be waiting for that day to come, but God is waiting for you today mm. to open up your heart, yeah. to open up your door, to open up your mind to, to His love and to His presence. So maybe that's exactly what you need at this time. So para paraan lang, find a way, find your prayer language, connect to God, and find on the other side of that, you will have, I guess, greater faith, greater peace in the season. He's never far away.
Right. 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 Amen. Yeah. Hopefully amidst all all of this, I mean, we come out stronger, right? We missed it, but gives us a better reason to appreciate it better when we get back to being able to gather. Feast Worship is, is on Spotify. It's on YouTube. So right after this episode, if you want to listen to a worship song from Feast Worship, go on ahead. And so, okay, Mike Bennett, is there other things that you want to share or maybe close with? I won't promote because you already said it already, Mon, but if I can just add one last insight that just came to me, because we were, and I'm going to backtrack a bit in the earlier part of our discussion when people come into worship service and they're weirded out by so many things. And I just want to say something that probably is the elephant in the room for most people when they come into worship service that I probably probably forgot to mention. I think the the thing that they are most weirded out when they come into such a gathering, is people's hands lifted. Yeah. I, I think that's it. And maybe it's different for other people, but I think for most, that's it. It's like, um, probably, why are their hands lifted? And, and what's what's the deal with all of that? And I guess I just want to say, same thing as what I said earlier about worship, not just being a spiritual thing, but really a human thing. If you think about it, the lifting of hands is also a human thing. And I'll just give some sort of a, a quick uh, explanation for that. So it's an expression of celebration, for one thing, right? If, if, you, if again, your favorite basketball team wins the game, or let's say your crush uh, expresses the same way uh, that you feel about that person, what do you do naturally? You raise your hands, right? You put so your that, hands in your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Another way would be um, it's an expression of, of submission, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I would always make this make this joke. If someone comes up to you and and puts a gun to your head and says, "Can I get? Uh, give me your wallet. Give me all your money. Um, put your hands up." What will you do? You will put your hands up and let that person take whatever they want. And so, if you're like say the type that you're you're not comfortable with with lifting your hands mm. because it's badui or it's like alive alive so when that person uh, sticks a gun to your head and says put your hands up what will you say you'd say it's not my thing i'm pretty weirded out then bang you're you're you're, you're dead <laughs> but really it's an expression of surrender again you surrender you surrender yeah. everything to god right and then i think one way also you look at it that it's a human thing it's an expression of desperation Pag walang wala ka na and you're, you're really in need, you extend your hands to be able to receive. And then lastly, I think it's an expression of adoration. Um, and you see this even in secular quote-unquote concerts where if people are enjoying the moment, enjoying what's being sung or what's being played, they also lift their hands as a sign of appreciation, admiration to what's it, happening. It's like oneness, right? When they're, when they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Again, unity. So you're, I just you're, wanna... you're participating with what the yeah. singer is doing. Yeah. Right, right, right. So I just wanted to say that just to somehow bring to full circle our our, our whole discussion because I think that's the that's the probably the most weirded out thing that 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 they encounter whenever they come into a worship service. And to that I say again, there's nothing to be weirded about about it because it's not even a Christian or a worship thing. It's a human thing that you naturally do when you want to celebrate something, when you're desperate for something, when you're, sub- you're surrendering something, 
when you're expressing appreciation for something. So let that speak to someone who might be trying to understand what this whole worship expression is all about. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I I, I said a lot there at the end, at the very no, no, end. No, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> right. Sige. Thank you, Kuya Mike. Thank you, Bene, for this time. And uh, thank you, listener, for listening all the way through. I hope this was valuable to you. And all of these things that we've talked about today, this is something to experience for yourself. This is something to encounter for yourself. Jesus is someone to encounter for yourself. And so I want, we, what we'd like to invite you to have that, to try it for yourself. If you haven't yet, or if you're someone who has stayed away for a while now, it's it's you're always welcome to go back and we hope that this conversation has shed some light into some of the questions that you may have had or maybe it was just something that was good to know either way i hope it brings you closer to christ and so with that thank you very much for listening and uh see you guys next week bye